No. Permission needed. No permission needed. Upfront with creative professionals, influencers, and the coolest of the cool, inspiring you to get up, get out, and do something. So what do you think we should do? Pick yourself. And now, your host of No Permission Needed, Ozeal. What is going on, everybody? This is your host of No Permission Needed, Ozeal. You are plugged in to episode 83. Hope you're having a fantastic day so far. As for me, um, this week has, has been pretty, it's been on point. I can't complain, especially yesterday. Uh, I just had a super productive morning, finished up this landing page uh, that for a project that I'm currently working on. And I'm just really excited to kind of test it, put it out there and see what kind of response I get. So be on the lookout for more news on that. And I hope to officially launch it hopefully next week, uh, if not in a couple weeks. So be on the lookout, guys. I'll be sure to uh, shoot that out to our newsletter, which, by the way, before we get started, I want to do some some quick housekeeping. First, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, uh, you can do so by going to thinkozeal.com and subscribe. And when you do, I have a free downloadable mixtape uh, on my top five tips in becoming a better networker. So it's a, it's a really fun project that I did. I added some music, some hip hop music, mixed it all in. And of course I shared my five top tips. So, you know, networking is very important. You guys know I'm very passionate about connecting and building relationships. So that's a little gift from me to you for signing up and joining the crew. Lastly, I want to let you know, this show is brought to you by host Gator hostgator.com web hosting made easy and affordable uh, many of you are about to launch a business a blog a podcast maybe so hostgator is a great hosting company uh, they're the home for all of our web hosting needs and i just can't recommend them enough guys so go to thinkozeal.com slash ozeal once again, that's thinkozeal.com slash ozeal and get hooked up with web hosting as low as $3.95 a month. So now that we got that out of the way, let's get right into the mix because, um, you know, I'm really, I know I say this, by the way, I'm always in the beginning of every episode. I'm like, yo, I'm super excited. You know, I've, and I realize I say that, uh, but honestly, I really am. Uh, and plus, I wouldn't bring a guest who I, I knew wouldn't deliver something of value to you guys, uh, nor would I bring on somebody who didn't excite me to have a conversation with. Uh, that being said, I'm really excited uh, for today's guest because it involves two things I'm super passionate about, which is music and speaking. He's an active public speaker for the National Speakers Association, uh, the biggest speaking organization that I know of. He's an entrepreneur and host of Mobile Tips a mobile DJ tips, uh, mobile DJ tips.com as a podcast, which can be found on iTunes. And he's also the man behind how to mix, how to mix.com where he gives tips on how to become just a better MC, you know, teaching people how to be more confident and rock it behind the MIC. Ladies and gents, uh, let's welcome to the no permission needed podcast. DJ Shree in the house. What up DJ Shree? Ozio, thank you brother for having me. Appreciate it. Man, this is long overdue, and I found out that you're you're living in my my favorite city in the whole wide world, New York City. Uh, you're in actually what you're in Manhattan, right? Yes, sir. Thirty first and third. Right on, <laughs> man. So, how's New York life treating you these days, man? Man, I love it down here. I mean, this city breeds life. You know, yeah. that's 
that's the only way to put it. You know, I'm looking out the window right now and it's just people morning to night. It just never stops, man. Never stops. One thing that I, uh, and I have a lot of friends out in, in uh, New York City. My best friend is actually out and he lives in Astoria in Queens. And every single time I go there, man, we did like a meetup. It was about a couple years ago. He's a film director out there and we did a premiere for his film. And we were just there hanging out. And I can see how people can just stay in New York because the energy is infectious. I mean, everybody's on their grind. The hustle is just deep. And you meet a lot of people that are really just ambitious and just hungry to connect and and really you work with each other. So that's kind of the vibe that I got when I was in New York City. And mm-hmm. uh, as they say, it's a city that never sleeps. And, man, I remember going out there because in Texas, everything shuts down like at 2 o'clock. So when I'm in New York, man, I'm like, it's like all night. And I'm like, man, you guys have all this energy. You guys are still going <laughs> at 4 o'clock in the morning. We're still having shots of whiskey. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, New York City is a good vibe, you know. And actually, you know, since you mentioned the speaking, uh, I actually recently joined the uh, Manhattan Toastmasters organization. I don't know if your audience is familiar with that. But that's where, you know, a lot of people come out and try to better their speaking skills. And it's, you know, completely free to come out to the club. So, you know, it's a big, honestly, you mentioned your, you know, your podcast is all about the creative entre- entrepreneurship, but I think speaking can really translate to any type of business. So that Toastmasters organization, you know, for anyone that's trying to really better themselves, I think that's something that's easily available. And I only happen to find out about it because I'm in Manhattan, but uh, I think there's chapters everywhere. I think probably Texas has yeah, a couple is. too. Yeah, we got a couple down here too. Uh, before we kind of dig into Toastmasters, because that's something I'm really interested about, and I know a lot of audience uh, who, um, many of our audience members who are interested in speaking, uh, I think they're going to be able to kind of dig into that. What? Let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, I want to know. I know you're in New York City. You know, did you grow up in New York? I did not actually. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, okay. so right next door. Um, yeah, you know, grew up in New Jersey. You know, went to school there my whole life. Uh, went to the State College, Rutgers. Uh, shout okay. out to the Scarlet Knights. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know did the did the regular route right you know nothing against it but uh you know in college i did a double major in economics and public health I have a true passion for healthcare, but you know all throughout college i was djing uh believe it or not you know i was uh djing at night you know doing the frat parties doing private events on the weekends and yeah man just living the life you know going to class djing and paying for my college very humbly with my uh you know music skills and then graduated college, and I said, you know what, I'm going to do what everyone else is doing. I'm going to go for a salaried job. And, uh, you know, it was great. You know, I happened to get a get a job at a Fortune 20 company, uh, which will be named. But, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. You know, yeah. I worked there for a little bit and, uh, you know, had to pursue my passion. Tell us the story of when you discovered your love for DJing. Oof, that's a great question. Um you know, I'm, I'm always interested and fascinated. Like, you know, I do a lot of these guest interviews and, uh, it's always interesting what, um, you know, the host comes up. Cause obviously we've spoken before, but then when we speak on the podcast, it's always interesting what you come up with. But, um, yeah, you know, DJing is one of those things that I have a true passion for making people feel an emotion. And I think I actually heard, uh, recently heard a podcast with Jamie Foxx. And uh, that's what he mentioned. You know, he's like, the artist isn't about a brand. It isn't about the marketing. It isn't about this, that, the other thing. At the end of the day, an artist asks themselves one simple question. Did I move the people? And that's what really, honestly, addicted me to DJing. Because when you're there, it's like a godlike feeling. You know, I can press a button and make people throw their hands up. Like, as I'm transitioning a song, I can make people throw their hands up because I can feel, I can change and convert my energy to them. And that's what, you know, I did a couple gigs, you know, actually, 
uh, my cousins. I have four first cousins that are, are DJs as well. And so ever since when I was 12 years old, I was always in the DJ booth and, uh, you know, always helping them out, you know, lugging equipment around and just always doing all the, you know, the, uh, what's the word, you know, uh, roadie work, so right. to speak. Nothing against it, but, you know, doing a lot of the heavy lifting. That's somewhere, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, um, you know, when they would go take bathroom breaks, you know, I would just get my hands on the turntables, put my hands on a mixer. And that's when I really got a passion for this because I'm like, shit, you know, like if I put my hand on this turntable, the music stops. But if I let go, the party moves on. And it's such like a godlike feeling. It's intoxicating. So ever since then, man, 12 years old, I got addicted to it and uh, just going out there doing events, making people's lives just happier. Right. That's the beauty of being a DJ. It's nothing like, you know, shout out to all the other types of, you know, careers that someone can have. But the the goal of a DJ is to make people happy. I don't really have to deal with other people's problems. I don't really have to help them with anything else except make them happy. And that's my job. And it's it's amazing that I could, you know, have the, you know, humble opportunity to do that and get paid very handsomely for it. And that's why I started Mobile DJ Tips, you know, to help other people, you know, make other people happy with music. One of the things and I'm not going to attest to what you just said, uh, not that I'm a mobile DJ by far, but I have uh, I did a fifth grade party. And some of the teachers were asking me, like, hey, listen, can you can you do DJ? Can you DJ at this event? And so I was like, okay, I can probably do this. And I, when I got there, got behind the DJ booth, it was just, it was a great feeling, man. It felt so good. It was almost as close as what it would feel like to be, like, when I was performing back in the day. But it felt good just bringing the joy and just having, as you said, just, you know, with, with, with that selection of, of song you have coming up or with that push of the button, the ability, the opportunity to really move the crowd and make people happy and jump and be like, oh, and it was just a great feeling, man, to a point to where I actually considered, I was like, well, maybe I should pick up some, some, uh, you know, some turntables and, and do this on the side because I really enjoyed it, man. I was like a kid again. And it really brought me back to that point in my life where I really just enjoyed performing and making people feel good. So I can totally relate uh, to what you just said. Uh, I'm curious to know, man, what are uh, some of your uh, favorite DJs? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so, man. you know, just just to rewind a little bit, though, I, I actually definitely got that you got the hip hop roots because uh, I actually checked out the mixtape that you mentioned earlier. Oh, you did? So cool, definitely, man. you know, urge all the audience to definitely check that out because, you know, it's you, a man. mix of, I think, inspirational, motivational. That's right. You're giving some great content, right? Because I think a lot of people can give good content, but then you know, you're, the, the listener is not motivated to actually do anything with it. Yeah. So that's where it kind of falls, you know, half-assed. So yeah, big shout out to your mixtape, you know, definitely Thanks, urge man. the audience to check that out. Yeah, for Thank sure, you. man. So, so DJs. Yeah. Who do you like, man? man. Who do you feeling? Whether so, it be old school or new school, I know there's a ton of DJs these days. So top five DJs is definitely going to be a mix of some old school, some new school, and some underdogs, in my okay. opinion, that All a lot right. of people don't know about. So uh, Jam Master J. Uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff for yes. sure. Um, three other DJs. I'm going to change it up a little bit. So three other DJs that personally inspired me a lot is uh, DJ J Dobby. He's on uh, 92.3 here in New York City. Okay. Um, he's just a big underdog. You know, I think. I mean, underdog is saying it humbly. I mean, he's killing it down here. He's absolutely killing it. But um, he's not. I wouldn't say globally known as well. But he's personally inspired me because he's also from a South Asian background. And coming from a South Asian background, you know, he started just like me, you know, in high schools, frat parties, doing private events. And now he's on one of the biggest radio stations in New York City. So big shout out to Jay Dobby. You know, he personally inspired me a lot. Uh, two other DJs, uh, you know, since we're doing name calling here, um, is DJ Sherrod 
from uh, DJ USA. You know, he owns one of the biggest private entertainment companies in, honestly, the U.S. and probably beyond. Um, it's called DJ USA, and he's okay. the founder. And uh, you know, big shout out to him. You know, he's a, he's definitely a pioneer in his own way. And um, damn, last DJ. This this is a tough one, man. This is a huge. Uh, That's like huge whenever people ask me, like, who are your top five MCs? I'm like, damn, I, I, there's a lot of them. I mean, there's, there's usually <laughs> I'm pretty good at picking the five, you know, top five. But I know there's a lot okay. of choices out there. Yeah, I mean, um, damn, man. Because the thing is, on my podcast, I'm talking to DJs every single Tuesday. So, yeah. <laughs> so at this point, I know way too many DJs. But um, damn, man, probably DJ number five. I'm just gonna shout her out because I think that she's doing it pretty big, and I got the opportunity to connect with her a couple times. And I would say she's a good friend. Is uh, DJ Cherish the Love, okay. and she's actually DJed for Oprah a couple times. Okay. And uh, she's doing her thing. You know, she's um, love the names. Yeah, DJ Cherish Love. She's doing that really big. You know, she's uh, doing it, taking it to a whole different level. She's she has her own radio station, Heritage Radio Network. She's doing a whole gamut of things. But I think the DJs that really inspire me nowadays, you know, even Jazzy Jeff, right? You think of Jazzy Jeff. He's built his name with the music, but then he's become an entrepreneur now. He's become mm-hmm. a musician entrepreneur. So they're completely branching it out and helping impact the world in such a different way. So that's what's like really, you know, I guess my life is also going in phases. Right? I started as a musician and now I'm turning into an entrepreneur. So I think that's what I'm looking up to right now. But you can ask you could have asked me this question like five years before, and I would have had completely different answers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who's your uh, who's your top five? I gotta ask you now. Even in hip hop, like who's your top five artists? Oh man, oh I I agree with you with the top the DJ Jazzy Jeff, uh, DJ Master Mike, DJ Qbert. Uh, I was all grew up in the visible, you know, uh, Scratch Pickles, um, Stretch. Uh, there was a rock city uh, DJ. I forget, can't think of his name. Um, is it Bobo? I believe. Uh, man, who else is pretty dope, man? Uh, you know who's really been really interesting uh, to see kind of DJ, and he's actually pretty dope. Is is Questlove? I've seen him kind of get down a little bit behind the ones and twos, yeah, man. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, for sure. But I have so many. I have so many DJs, man. I can't. Th- I mean, there's so many out there, like MCs and. I, I respect all forms. A lot of them are rooted like within the hip hop, uh, but also, you know, growing mm-hmm. up also in Chicago, I loved a lot of house DJs as well. And it was into the electronic music. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just, I'm just in love with, with the DJ and uh, culture because, you know, they really were kind of the foundation when it came to entertainment. If you think about it, when you go back to the story of the history of the DJ, I mean, they were the foundation. They were the rock. They were the one who introduced the MC way before, mm-hmm. you know, and that was kind of the foundation. So always have to kind of respect the DJ. And it's true, man, because I uh, also bartend as well. So I do like a lot of special events. And, dude, you don't know how many times. I mean, the DJs are whack. I mean, they're really, really whack. And I can see how a good DJ from even from a, from a playing a music selection and also from an MC standpoint, but more also from from music selection, how they can make or break the party. And that's something that I've noticed. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you, you've seen it as well. Uh, which speaking of which, uh, how, what, what do you, to whenever you hear DJs, man, um, mm-hmm. you know, what makes or breaks a DJ? Like what defines, uh, a, you know, great DJs from the ones that are just kind of like, eh, I would say in one word, passion. Gotcha. Passion. Cause, can uh, you, know, you can just yeah. tell, you can yeah. tell, I mean, you know, music is one of those things. People think that a DJ just presses play, but there's so much more into that. You know, they're thinking, you know, literally one step ahead of the crowd they're thinking about you know 
what's the next song I'm going to play? And they program the set to really match the emotion in the room. And of course, you know, I'm, I can get it, I can get really philosophical about this because that's what I do. But, um, you know, DJs, you know, one of my favorite quotes about DJing is DJs have the power to understand a group of people and direct them to a better place. Ooh, and, okay. And it's a passion, man. I mean, it takes a passion to actually, you know, care care about who's in the room, understand what people do. You know, DJ Cherish, you know, bringing her back, she, one of the things she mentions is a lot of people have trauma, right? They have a lot of things, baggage that they carry with them. And a DJ needs to be able to understand that, you know, what is this person going through? You know, bringing it down to a one-on-one level. You know, when I'm behind the booth, a lot of people, a lot of DJs, the biggest key uh, that DJs can take away is look up from your laptop. You know, a lot of DJs, you can tell if they're going to be a good or bad DJ if they're just looking down at their laptop and at the mixer. That's uh, not what makes a good DJ. They should be looking up at the crowd. Yes. I love that tip because <laughs> I also apply that to bartenders. So when I get into, when I see a bartender, the, the great ones are the ones that, and this is a tip for all you bartenders out there, um, but this is something that totally applies to what you just said, Shri, that mm-hmm. when bartenders are building their drink right and and they're just looking down grabbing the ice i always tell bartenders that whenever you're building a drink and somebody's in front of you they're ordering their cocktail that to look up and smile and look around while you're actually grabbing the ice so mm-hmm. you don't i mean because there's a lot about to kind of get focused and they're just kind of building the cocktail and they're not even looking they take the order and then they're kind of like zone out and it's like, yeah, no, what happened is like you got you have to connect, look around, look at your surroundings, see who's coming, wave at somebody who's waving, you know, somebody might be waiting for you on the side or, or what. So you have to be completely aware of of your surroundings and more importantly, the person who's in front of you. So that connection 100%. is so important. So what you just said, man, applies to, to bartending as well. Cause- and even, you know, just to even add on to that, yeah. you know, one of your older podcasts, you mentioned your uh, your bartending story. And, you know, for all the bartenders that might be listening, I mean, Ozil tripled his tips, right? You, you said you made uh, triple the tips versus another guy. That's if you right. want to triple your tips, this is what it is, man. It's so simple, but a lot of people don't think about it. Nope. And it's like, you know, just have that human relationship, have that human connection. Yes. That's all it is. Yes. That's all it is. Completely agree with you, brother. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, how did you start? Because I know you said uh, you started DJing when you were in the college. How did you start booking gigs early on in your DJ career? So I was very fortunate. You know, I was able to walk into a small book of business from my four first cousins. So they already had, you know, some booking, some clientele. But it was actually very difficult for me because, and this was like a hard time in my life, because as I walked into their book of business, of course, you know, I was DJing for some of their clientele. And they, they had a very strong brand, you know, back, I'm talking about like 1997, and this is when DJing is still on the come up. So, you know, if you had a client then, you know, that, that meant that you were doing something right. Like if you had a consistent client then, and, um, you know, I would go out, you know, DJ for some of their clients. And the sad part was, you know, I was actually not getting good reviews from them. They would actually cancel the contracts. They were like, yo, this guy's no good. He needs to brush up on his skills. You know, he couldn't, he couldn't really, you know, before the expectation wasn't there about DJing 100%. But even then, you know, I was just pretty much what we were talking about earlier. I was just focusing on my music. I was always focusing on the next mix. I was always trying to transition. I was always trying to flip the vinyl, but not really looking up to see, you know, what is everyone doing? Are they even dancing? Are they even, you know, are they just staring back at me with blank faces? You know, what's going on? So that's where actually when I started DJing, 
I had to build myself up because first I walked into this book of business in college and I was doing some parties. You know, I did a lot of weddings and receptions because, you know, those tend to be the higher paying events. I'm sure you know from bartending as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was doing those on the weekends and then frat parties during the weeknights and some lounges here and there, but uh, mostly private events. And yeah, man, you know, I, I lost a lot of clients because I couldn't, you know, I didn't have the right skill sets. I was trying to walk into something that I knew in the bedroom, I knew DJing in the bedroom, I knew how to make a mixtape, I knew how to make, you know, mixes, mega mixes. But then when you have to take it in front of a crowd, it's a whole different ballgame. So I actually lost a lot of their clientele. And then my cousins were like, all right, sure, you got to figure something out. Because if you're not bringing anything to the business, then I don't know what we're going to do with you. So that's partially why I even took up a job after graduating. Otherwise, I would have just went straight into DJing. So what I did was while I was at work, I would actually always be researching. And of course, this is not good advice, but I'd always be researching, trying to better my skill sets, better my business skills, and uh, better my MC skills. So that's how I started finding a lot of these resources out there, you know, uh, reading up on the books on how to become a better public speaker, because that's one of the easiest things that a DJ can do, or anyone really. And that just changes the game, right? When you know how to talk, it changes the game. But it doesn't matter what craft yeah. you have. <laughs> no, it's so true. MCing is is equally as important to DJing, in my opinion. You know, all the great DJs that we mentioned know we're great at just hyping up the crowd, you know, getting them involved. And DJs are the true masters of, of the ceremony. You know, when you realize, you know, that's the, that was the kind of the, the shift where you were like, okay, I got my DJing skills down, and now I have to kind of embrace and try to master the, the skills behind the mic. When did you realize the importance of becoming a great MC in your DJing journey? Yep, for sure, for sure. And I was in that same bubble. You know, I don't want to put anybody else down, but I was in the same exact bubble. Yeah. I was just playing my music, and I never understood that, hey, if I get on the mic, I can actually make my mix even better. I can hype the crowd up. I can get them prepared even more for that song. And, you know, really, you know, we talked about, you know, converting that emotion, giving them my excitement and just giving it to them. That's the best, one of the best ways. I mean, of course, music can do that easily, but... When I get on the mic and hype everybody up, just let them know, hey, you know, this next song goes out to this person or this next song is a throwback and people get prepared for it just a little bit, just adds a little bit of flavor into the next mix. So, yeah, I realized, honestly, that emceeing is so important when I started losing clients because, um, you know, uh, that was that's the best answer, you know, is just honest, you know, because once I realized that, you know what, the reason why my cousins were so successful with these clients is, I mean, they're good DJs. I'm never going to talk them down. I mean, they taught me what I know, but their mixing wasn't on point as much but the best thing they knew how to do was interact with the crowd on the mic yeah. and that's all they would do throughout the whole event every other song they would get on the mic and try to engage somebody engage somebody and it was just like damn now my style of course every dj has their own style i'm not going to do that but i realized that that's what the clients that they were booking wanted and that's what i was i realized you know if i'm if i want to make you know honestly if i want to make more money in this business and actually pursue my passion i'm gonna have to learn some more skill sets you know you can't be comfortable and I think that goes with a lot of things, right? You can't get comfortable just because you know one thing or the other. You've got to keep growing, keep growing. So, yeah, man, speaking speaking became my, actually, obsession from that point on. Was, I was thinking you mentioned how that wasn't really your style, kind of talking in between and always getting behind the mic. When I was, there's this venue that I bartend at, and there's there's always this DJ in particular who... <laughs> it's because a lot of the staff, I mean, they make fun of him. And I just I just kind of smile. And, and, you know, I acknowledge that that's his style. But he's one of those DJs that they're like those radio DJs that constantly <laughs> are saying something behind the yeah. mic. They're like, yep. and then they were like doing the Cupid shuffle. And the dude's actually giving instructions. 
And I'm like, oh, Lord. I'm like, come on, just <laughs> let them dance, man. <laughs> I'm sure you've seen that, huh? <laughs> oh, too many times, man, too many times. I mean, there's a big, uh, you know, it's a recurring joke around here in the city, but uh, 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 Funk Master Flex, you know, DJ, yeah. DJ Funk Flex. Yeah. He's always, every single song he plays, man, he's always talking over the whole damn song. He's <laughs> like, let the song play, Flex, but... um, Breathe, man. <laughs> yeah man i feel you bro i feel you but, but everybody um, has different styles right i mean it's a, I, it's I, a style yeah. it's a style you know? but you know Ozil, i actually want to ask you you mentioned you performed yeah. before you used to mm-hmm. perform what's what's that about so i was in a live hip-hop jazz band it was kind of similar to like the roots uh diggable old school diggable planets you know added some funk to it and it was just a great experience man yeah i did it and we you know got to tour and did a lot of shows and we got some accolades under our belt that I'm really proud of, and and that was just just a great experience, man. If, and you know, when I think about tying everything what I'm doing now with the podcast, it connects right back to performance, which is the reason why, like, with what you're doing with the mobile DJ, when I got behind the ones and twos, I just felt like alive, and which is why I also wanted to bring you on, Tree, because speaking is kind of I think it's going to be my next wave. I think that's the thing that I see myself because I love. What I'm doing now, I think the interviewing element is always going to be part of what I do as far as my business model and my brand. But just speaking and and really sharing the message and bringing that energy and having that opportunity to connect with people uh, makes sense to me because of my performance background. And that's Mm -hmm. why I'm kind of comfortable with that. So that's where kind of that started, man. Yeah, we can 100% relate on that. I'm the exact same way. I mean, that's how I started getting into paid speaking gigs entirely because started as a musician, then, you know, what, I did the did podcast thing. Uh, well, I actually play this uh, Indian drum. Okay. <laughs> so, I know which one I don't you're know talking you put, about, yeah. Do you know uh, Tabla by any yeah, chance? Yeah, Tabla, so yeah. I, I play Tabla, but I also play this, uh, it's like a derivative of Tabla, so it's kind of like standing. It's called Dole, and I played that as well. That's more like a concert thing. So that I used to do in a fusion band similar to you. and then i was djing and then yeah man speaking you know obviously one thing leads to another but uh yeah speaking doing keynote speeches man it's it's a lot of fun and it's a great way to just share your message and obviously you know you have a great platform i think this is what episode 83 or something i don't even know you're in the 80s Yeah. yeah so obviously you have a passion for speaking as well so you know definitely urge you to keep going in that direction man it's a lot of fun Thank you, brother. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm talking to the right man to kind of inspire me, encourage me in that direction. Uh, you're part of the Manhattan Toastmasters Club, as you mentioned. How's that experience been? And what would you say um, has been the biggest lessons learned from joining Toastmasters? Oof, wow. I think the experience, first and foremost, Toastmasters is one of the best organizations out there, hands down, for speaking. I mean, it's global. So, of course, we have howtomc.com where I teach people how to speak, but Toastmasters and the National Speakers Association gave me the resources to be able to teach other people. So I just happened to learn everything and make it easier for other people. But I think going to the Toastmasters is a place where it's a community, right? You go there, you see other people that are in the same exact boat as you that, you know, some people might be just starting from the bottom of the barrel, you know, just have straight stage fright. They're just there to try to break out of their shell. Then you have the mid-tier people who are like, you know what, I know how to, you know, I know how to stand in front of people, but I just don't know how to get my thoughts across and articulate them. And then some people who are like really high, high performance, which are just, you know, just trying to get through it, become professional speakers and just get through the whole curriculum. I think that that's the best thing about Toastmasters, the community, because that's something that's priceless, right? When you go meet people in person, you can do a lot of things online. Like we teach online courses, but when you go to the 
in-person community like a Toastmasters, it's priceless. But um, the biggest takeaway I got is people say some very interesting things, man, when the spotlight's on them. Mm. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Because um, you get to, you know, it's, it's very interesting, right? You get to um, get to see what people are thinking about on a day-to-day. Because Toastmasters, one of the coolest things is you, when it's your turn to give a speech, uh, you can create a topic and talk about whatever you want for five minutes. So the okay. biggest takeaway, so yeah, it's it's really cool. It's, it's a chill vibe, you know. So this way, no one, there's no pressure at all. You can talk about whatever you're interested in and just vibe for five minutes in front of a crowd. So I think it's just so interesting, man. So interesting what people are interested in and passionate about on a day-to-day basis, and especially in a mixing pot like the city, man. There's just some. You get some, you get some crazy people, no doubt. You know, we had one guy who came out. I'm not going to name any names, but he started talking about the end of the world, and oh, you know, wow. I don't know if he was supposed to be standing downstairs, you know, on the street with a sign, <laughs> he and he just ended up wandering up. I have no clue, man. <laughs> Everyone was just like, uh, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, awesome. you get some, get some crazy people, no doubt. Um, but then, you know, you get some very passionate people. Like there was one guy. You know, I always call him like he's the next Elon Musk, man. He's always talking about something technologically driven and he's trying to change the world in such a different way. And he's just always coming at it with a whole different perspective. And it's just so interesting. And, you know, it just gives you a unique like for, you know, our meetings are usually two hours. So for two hours, you get to meet a great community of people that inspire you, motivate you, have similar goals as you. But then you also get to be educated in what something what's some in a topic that somebody else is passionate about like say me and you are passionate about you know the entrepreneurship the online marketing the emceeing the music side of things but then you go into one of these scenarios where people are equally passionate about other things like this guy's talking about you know technology and you know how robots are going to take over the world which is you know honestly not not too far off right but um you know he's so passionate about it and he has so much science and things behind it that it's like you know for five minutes that he's talking i just get a quick you know snapshot into everything he's read in the last month so it's just it's just a good vibe man i think toastmasters i mean i'm very passionate as you can tell about the toastmaster i'm probably one of their biggest salesmen but uh, i've I've been hearing um, a lot of great things so i I don't think i've heard one bad review on toastmasters i think people that i've had people at tell me hey listen if you want to get into speaking join toastmasters they give you constructive criticism it's a community everything you just said so uh, I, i think you're on point when it comes to giving them some praise on that man I mean, in speaking, though, I mean, if you're trying to become a professional speaker, though, I think, um, you know, I did both routes. So I did the Toastmasters thing and I you know, went through their curriculum. They have uh, two manuals. They have the competent communicator and the leadership manual. Um, I'm just about done with my competent communicator manual. So there's like two manuals. But um, if you're trying to become a professional speaker, I would say you can I don't want to say shortcut, but I would say directly go to the National Speakers Association, NSA, sign up as like a, there's a professional member, which is like the highest status, right? You have to do, you have to meet a lot of requirements, do a lot of keynote speeches. But before that, I think there's one more tier. I forgot what it is, but it's like not, there's no um, strict criteria of how many keynotes you've done. It's just like a a general interest. And this way you start connecting with people who are professional speakers and um, it just, you're kind of on the fast track to become a national professional speaker. Mm. But Toastmasters, it's good. Like, I mean, I ended up doing both because I had no clue what I was doing. But um, yeah, you just get in the if mix, I had to redo yeah. it, yeah, I mean, I it just it just happens, you know. You just kind of walk into a meeting and you're like, hey, you know, this this, this is what I'm going to be doing for the next few years. But um, you know, yeah, I would say if you're trying to become a professional speaker, though, actually just going down that route, I would say just go straight up to the NSA, okay. um, the National Speakers Association, not to be confused with the other one. But right. um, 
you know, uh, yeah, man, just go straight there. There's like a different tiers of speaking and they have like resources and community groups that meet up in your area once you sign up as a member. And it's just, you know, it's a little bit more of an investment, but it's, in my opinion, now that I've seen both sides, I think it's a little bit more streamlined to get to that level. Yeah. Which, by the way, you recently were admitted to the National Speakers Association. How was that, man? How did that work out? Did you, is it just a number of, of yeah, did yeah. You, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that process, which, which is pretty awesome, man. Yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate that, man. It's very humbling. It's just very humbling because, uh, you know, like I said, man, I feel like I'm a lifelong student, like at the end of the day, because I started as a DJ and now I'm a professional speaker. So it's like you always, you know, look back and you scratch your head, like, where did all this happen? But, um, you know, yeah, I'm a professional member of the National Speakers Association. So I met all the criteria. They have a bunch of different criteria. You have to make about like over 25,000 just speaking. And then they verify that in multitude of ways. It's it's like a huge audit process. Oh, but wow. um, yeah, man, it was it's a it, it's a good vibe, though. It, you know, one of the best one of the things that hap- I happened to get into it was because of my mentor. Her name is uh, Rochelle Rice. Um, she's a certified uh, certified uh speaker certified speaking professional csp okay and um uh, that's i think that's even a higher tier um and she does global keynotes and i just happened to end up meeting her uh because of a uh, cold calling believe it or not i one time i um you know literally i was just so frustrated man I, sometimes like you just need a mentor you just need someone to help you out just a little bit more and one day i know it sounds crazy um but uh, one day I literally just went on the website and I found a bunch of numbers. And I don't advocate people do this. I mean, it might not even work anymore. But um, talk about the hustle, I man. Literally like, just hey. started cold calling people, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I just started cold calling people. I'm like, hey, man, this is uh, who I am. And I sent. They're like, most people obviously hung up the phone nine times out of ten. I left a voicemail. And you know, this one woman picked up. Her name is Rochelle Rice. You know, big shout out to her. But she's like, okay, Shri, um, you sound like an interesting dude. I'm just very busy right now. I'll call you back some other time. If you want, you can email me something. And, you know, I had a bunch of other keynotes and things I've done. So I just sent her a bunch of videos. And I'm like, hey, even if you get a minute to watch, you know, any of these, just let me know whatever your thoughts are. It went back and forth, back and forth for a few months. And then, um, yeah, she's like, hey, you know, you, you seem to be like a perfect fit for this whole thing. And it turns out she's like a board member for the whole thing. And she's like, um, you know, why don't you fill out an application? And I think you already meet the requirements. So, you know, let's let's see what happens. Because I already had 25 documented keynotes. Okay. So, um, you know, one thing led to another. It was it was a good vibe, man. But I think, yeah. uh, you know, if there's any takeaways for anybody else, I think, you know, honestly, just just go with whatever feels right. I mean, I just stop caring, man. <laughs> yeah. Like I I just go for it. If I want something, I just go for it, man. And I think that just translates to anything. If you're a bartender, if you're you know, just trying to start a business. I know one of your previous episodes, um, I think it was a, a flashback episode, but you had a, a magician on who's doing yeah, like a keynotes on that as well. Have you heard of him before? And yeah. And yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, a little bit. And then I heard your podcast and I'm like, Oh damn, I was blown away, but um, he's yeah. doing it on a whole different level. But um, you know, it, it always comes down to simple things, man. Simple things. It's just grind and hustle. Just whatever it is, just go all in all chips in. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting that you, you brought up Vin. Vin is actually was kind of a, a mentor of mine uh, early on. I was really, I was at a crossroads, and I'll share this with you in our audience. I was trying to figure, I was, you know, building this podcast content platform, still kind of etching out my personal brand and what my message was going to be with the world. And I think it was just kind of overthinking a lot of things. And when I came, I reached out to Vin, Vin 
just was amazing and was like, sure, let's, let's, let's get behind the mic and do this. So after that, he and I kind of built a relationship after the episode and we became friends and was part of his inner circle. And he's now actually, he's moving from Australia to LA and he's doing workshops and, and doing a lot of great things for aspiring speakers. And I was really trying to like, Ben, you have all these content, you know, all this stuff, you know, and, and how do you, how do you do it? And he was like, Ozil, if you want to be a speaker, you got to go all in and speak. And I'm like, well, what about all this content that you're doing? I feel like I need to do this kind you know, content. He was like, if you want to be a speaker, you got to speak. And it was really kind of, uh, it, it kind of threw me back a little bit because he said he didn't get into content creation until later down his career. And he says, all this content is just after the fact. And it really made me kind of think about things. And, and I'm still, obviously I, I picked the podcast because I, I believe in sharing the message, having these conversations like you and I are having, cause this is still, this is, this lights me up right now. And I don't think I'm quite ready uh, to fully say, okay, I want to become a speaker. But when that moment comes, when I have to make that decision, uh, I plan to do that is, is go all in and just devote myself to speaking. Cause I felt as you know, and I was having a conversation with this, um, she's going to be coming up in a couple episodes about personal brands and being people in this online world that we're trying to do everything, right? Shree, we're trying to get like, we're trying to build our content. We have a podcast. We're trying to speak. I mean, you're kind of like that as well. You're very, you're a hustler, man. You got the podcast, you're doing the mobile DJing, you're trying to teach, did the course, you're speaking, you know, I'm curious to know, since we're on that topic, man, how do you personally manage all of that? I know I went on a, on a rant, but I just got really passionate about this. How do you kind of manage getting involved in all these different things? And do you consider yourself like just a mobile DJ teacher or, or, or what, or all these hyphens? I'm curious to know where you, you see yourself in all this. Mm, I know I gave you a lot. Question. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a very interesting question. Um, you know, before I answer that, yeah. I do want to just kind of touch upon one thing, though, you said, because I think, honestly, Ozil, I mean, I've heard a lot of your podcasts. I think you're ready to become a speaker today. Like, Thank honestly, you, I really mean that because I've, I've met a lot of speakers. And, um, yeah, man, you obviously have the vibe. You know, you have the right message. And I, I was actually listening to you. I know you do a lot of solo shows. I mean, right. that is a keynote if in and of itself, right? At the end of the day, you talk about content, how it's so important. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, since you're kind of like, thinking about that right now i think you're ready to become a speaker but uh thank just wanted to say that because I, I definitely heard thank your you. content you you have a good message now you just have to kind of hit up some people just cold email some people in your area in texas and be like yo um you know hit up like a we work you know these uh we work organizations like these uh uh share, co-sharing spaces like well co- co-working spaces man i mean just uh you know uh there's a lot of them and they're always looking for um speakers because they have you know all these people that are renting office space there and things like that and they have these co co-working uh event rooms and so even if it's like a free or paid gig whatever it is um you know you can just go there and be like hey i know all of you here have businesses and uh you know i think this is my keynote on why content is going to take your business to the next level Mm, and that's it and then you're a speaker (laughs) and do that 25 times and you become a professional speaker right so um but but yeah man so uh yeah just to kind of you know what do i consider myself i'm just I I feel like the only the only uh, description I can give myself is uh, I just love knowledge. I just love knowledge. So I'm just a knowledge seeker and and giver. So I I love educating. Yeah, I love educating and I love um, learning myself. And uh, that's why I end up going down these different rabbit holes all the time. Like online marketing was a rabbit hole. And it's teaching. You know, I love teaching online. 
you know, definitely with MobileDJTips.com, we're teaching tons of DJs, you know, globally. You know, they're buying our products. We have HowToMC.com. We have MarketingForDJs.com. And then, you know, uh, we have a couple other products in the pipeline. But, you know, teaching itself is one of my true passions. Uh, I came to find out later. Um, of course, I still DJ and MC on the weekends, uh, still run a side business on that. But um, how, one how, of the how much rabbit of holes, you, doing, you know, Frank, um, how, how much? Yeah, I mean, you know, are you doing? Yeah, I, w- I would say it's it's definitely still, you know, sometimes I go out to be a DJ and sometimes I just try to do MCing because okay. MCing just happens to be a little bit easier for me nowadays um, just because of my own schedule and, you know, things I have going on. I can just jump into a gig, do a quick, you know, monologue, open up the event people up and then do whatever I need to do. Um, I'm seeing, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good gig, man. You know, I, I still have that on the side. Um, events wise, I try to do two events a month right now. So that's a okay, couple, so you know, couple grand there, but yeah, it's yeah. nothing. Yeah. You know, but I think a lot of people ask me, I think you asked me this, like, you know, what is my full time? I never know what to say to that, honestly, because um, my currently I'm obsessed with education. So okay. I'm obsessed with teaching others online, but then a stepping stone to that, you know, I think in the beginning of the episode, you mentioned uh, landing pages. That's something I got to learn right now because I'm, I'm definitely trying to get on a level with that because, see, it's like in order to do one of the things, like educate others online, one of the things you need to know, criteria is, oh, here, here's a landing page. You know, here's how you get people into your, you know, quote unquote funnel. And then, you know, that's a whole different rabbit hole. So you got to learn about that. So, um, you know, it's just managing a lot of different things. But I think one thing just leads to another um, and that's that's what's been happening to me. Where do you see yourself going? So the business model is is centered around the mobile DJing, right? Teaching people how to be an MC, uh, how to market yourself as a mobile DJ. Is that what the business model is right now? And and speaking is just kind of a thing that you do on the yeah. side. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know uh, what do you do, like as far as the, the percentage between versus speaking and everything else that you do. So. You know, to kind of give like a broader answer, like for me personally, um, it's always changing. And I know that's like a cop out answer, but um, to give something more broader uh, to your audience, I think maybe this might help them out um, rather than me just kind of sharing my own hectic, crazy life. Um, <laughs> Which but, I think um, we can all relate to. <laughs> by the way. I think a lot of us, like, especially creatives, I mean, we, we do a lot yeah. of stuff. And Shri, the reason why I ask that before you answer that, I mean, the reason why I ask is because I think there are a lot of our listeners that are kind of like, okay, I do this, I do this, you know, I'm trying to do this product line, I'm trying to get on YouTube. And that's the thing that when I was talking to Vin about, and I think it's really important to kind of peel back and be like, okay, I got to focus on one thing. What is that one thing that I got to do? Because I have all these ideas running mm-hmm. in my head. So I'm just kind of curious to know with you and, and you're successful, man, you're, you're building the speaking, you got into the National Speaker Association, you got this uh, in you know this this foundation with the mobile DJ and the podcast and everything else going on. So I'm just kind of curious to know what what do you you know how what your process is like and what advice would you give to somebody listening who's kind of going through that same dilemma? Sure, sure, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. That definitely helps me. That's true. Yeah, a lot of uh, creative entrepreneurs are always running around. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah, object awesome. syndrome is real, man. Yes, it is. And <laughs> you know, I read. I you know, speaking of the one thing, I read the book, The One Thing, by yeah, Gary Keller. Book, man. Man. Jay Papasan and um, you know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be kind of an outlier and I understand you know obviously I'm nowhere near a billionaire as these guys have are 
but um, I'm just I'm just a realist. And the thing is, I like doing a lot of different things at the same damn time. I like juggling a lot of different things because that's actually what excites me. I actually lose interest in something if I only focusing on one thing. Like if I knew, like let's say, okay, landing page is one thing, right, on the to do list, and then uh, doing this keynote speech is one thing. And then, you know, downloading some music for my event this weekend is one thing on my to-do list. If I spend all day just doing one of those simple tasks, I'll honestly get bored. I need to switch it up. And so, you know, to kind of give the framework of how I base everything, and this is also what I kind of, uh, I hate to say the word preach, but this is what I do personally. And hopefully, you know, and I know other people have done this, (laughs) but I call it the diamond lifestyle. And um, diamond lifestyle and um, pretty much. So diamonds uh, have four, four corners, right? So I make all of my goals every single week and every single day based on this simple framework. So the diamond has four corners. So a lot of people can draw this at home if they have a pen and paper. But the top corner should say health, health and food. The right corner should say value. The bottom corner should say experience. And the left corner should say relationships. So... You know, just to kind of touch upon that, you know, every week I make my goals and every day I make my goals and they should touch upon all four of those things because in the middle of the diamond, at the end of the day, we all just want to be happy, right? We all just want to be happy at the end of the day. We don't want to, you know, a big paycheck is not going to make you happy, you know, because if you realize that, oh shit, you know, I'm about to have a heart attack tomorrow, I'm not going to be so happy. So, you know, the diamond is just really simple. I try to form all of my goals based on those four things because I found that if I have too much of one of those things, I lose shape of the diamond and my happiness also goes, right? So top of the diamond, health. Health is just very simple. I try to go to the gym three times a week and try to eat uh, lots of fruits and vegetables. So that's just two simple things. I try to keep my diet good and I try to go to the gym three times a week. Um, the right side of the diamond is value. Value is very simply money, right? Money is how you can make value value money is the exchange of value so whatever you do if you're a businessman if you're a doctor if you're a musician whatever you do give value make your money but don't make it your whole thing right because then it's not going to be a diamond anymore you have to you know uh, moderate that so uh, anything that makes me money i'm very happy about uh but that's not everything uh so i also make a goal for that so if that's so whatever's going to make me money for the day of course you have to make money every day right so if it's making a sale on an online class that's my priority for the day if it's doing a keynote speech that's my priority for the day if it's djing making m- money that's my priority for the day you got to make money every day and then on the bottom so, so you think of uh, mm-hmm. let me stop you right there so you, daily that's kind of your mind frame like i need to make money every day like i need to sell this i need to do sell get a client is that um, like- to 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 a small extent, yeah, like okay. definitely. I mean, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, one of the things that um that completely changed. This is also new, but I I read the book uh, the 10x rule by Grant Cardone. Okay, I, don't know if I haven't read that one yet. But, uh, oh man, it's it, that will get you your blood pumping, man. Trust me. And uh, Grant Cardone, he's a you know uh, I don't even know what to describe him as, but he's a New York Times bestseller. He's just all about sales and making money, and he's he's just a, a very honest guy as well. So yeah. I saw him, I, I saw him speak by the way in San Diego. Last year, oh, you did, yeah, oh, funny, so just lovely. entertaining speaker, man. Just, just does not give a damn. Uh, that's what I love about Van Grant. Yeah, but I'm yeah, a big so fan. lucky. Yeah, I want to awesome. see him live. I mean, after I read that book, I've been dying to see him live. You got lucky, man. You saw him live. How was that, though? That was Dude, seems- you know what? I want to tell you something. Yeah, <laughs> I want to share this. So there's, yeah, yeah. I, I love keynote speakers, and I, I've been around. I, I, I'm a big advocate of going to conferences, and I've seen a lot of great speakers, and. There was a three-day event in San Diego. It's called Thrive, which is highly, highly recommended. 
Shreve, you need to put that on the list. I think they're having it in a couple months in Las Vegas, I believe. I'm not mistaken. I'll send you the link. Great conference. And he was... So there was all these speakers, and they all were great. I mean, there were some of them were really polished. They had their message, and you you know you've you've been around a lot of keynote speakers. You're a keynote speaker, and then there's an element that's missing to me, and we can kind of jump on this if you want. That's missing, and and I apply this even to hip hop and just performance. That there's an entertaining, like raw element to speaking that is missed by a lot of speakers. Like you see speakers that are perfect. They speak well. They articulate the message. They don't say the ahs and ums. And then you have the cats like Grant Cardone who comes in there and is just cussing, feeling what, you know, he's, you know, going off random topics. And I tell you what, he was probably the one speaker that stood out amongst Mm. all the other polished tactical message giving instructors and speakers and i thought that was really really interesting people that were there were just in awe i want to share that with you since i know you're a fan and you're a keynote speaker and i just think that's kind of missing when it comes to keynote speakers a lot of them are just boring and i think sometimes having the entertainment element uh is so so important to include when you're speaking and grant cardone is the epitome of that man for sure yeah i complete man you're so lucky you saw him live i i envy you right now i'm definitely gonna have to check out thrive but um, yeah, he's definitely a role model in one in that way, particularly that you just mentioned, because he's you know s- similar to Gary Vaynerchuk. You know, you see some of these videos yeah, online, same thing. and they're just there to just give such good content and such good value. And you know, I try to adopt that a little bit with my style, where I come in with a few points that I want to talk about, but I don't just get limited because I think you also have to factor in who's your audience sure. and. You know, how do you really give them that value? Because that's what they really remember at the end of the day. Somebody that made them inspired, gave them good content. You know, similar to your mixtape. You know, we keep bringing up the mixtape, but your mixtape, that free download, that's what people need to check out if they're trying to become a better networker. You know, you give them that whole thing. You know, you give them the the music inspiration. You give them the great content. That's what people remember. You need a, you know, a package deal. A lot of people just go up there, the keynotes, and they're just trying to read off these slides and they're right. like, oh, I gave some great content. But yeah, but people are not going to take action. That's right. 50% of the, the equation, you know? <laughs> people don't do anything with it and hence they'll never remember you. But people remember when they, yeah. when they actually take some action, right? Like Grant Cardone, one of the first things, you know, that, that really stuck with me is he says, you know, um, it's your moral obligation to become successful and make money. And it's not that, you know, a lot of people are always talking down about the pursuit of money. And Grant Cardone really shifted this in my head as well because, you know, being from a musical background and becoming a musician, you know, going for that passion is not a bad thing at all. But I think Grant Cardone is like the, you know, the antithesis of like this whole thing because he's all about, you know, it's your moral obligation to make money because by making money, that means that you're providing some sort of value. So he's like, people shouldn't be looking down upon money. People should be saying, I need to make more money, hence giving more value. So he really blew my mind that day. So that's why, you know, you mentioned earlier, why do I try to make money every day? Because money is value and I need to figure out how to get compensated for the value I'm bringing every single day. Yeah. You know, so, but, um, but yeah, man, said, I, yeah, he, he was, uh, when I heard him speak, he was the game changer for me. He totally shifted my mind and he talked about, uh, what was it? He mentioned, you know, going off to the restaurant and he says, you know, when people, he goes, I hate it when people, you know, go in into the dining table and they're like, Hey, you know, this, 
this dish is way too expensive. He's like, nah, nah, hell no. Nah. He's like, it's not too expensive, honey. It's just you can't afford it. <laughs> so I love it. And it made every, it made everybody laugh, but it also made me think and others too. You know, if you could tell in the crowd, people were thinking like, damn, that's, that's real. Like that's when people say I can't afford it or that's too expensive. He's like, that's an income problem. He's like, you can say that, but the people that are rich are not saying that. They're not. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I really started. It really shifted. It was a game changer and really changed um, the way I thought about it. And I'm glad you mentioned 10X because I need to pick up that book because I I think as creatives and creatives listening, that's been a a struggle of mine is not embracing money and not really caring about it. And it's important. You know, it really, really is important to move the needle and to bring more value to the world and to be more of an asset to the world when you do have funds to do it and you're not coming from a struggle standpoint. So that's something that, that I probably have to pick up. I'm pretty sure a lot of creators listening like, hey, man, because we don't we don't we come from a place of passion, not, you know, finances. And I think it's just bridging the gap between both. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's where you really find a sweet spot of success. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. Trust me, I'm the same exact way. You know, I would I would DJ. I would do all these speeches and speak for free. But just because I loved it. But the interesting thing is sometimes when people pay you for it, they'll appreciate it more. Yeah. Like I, that's why, you know, one of my goals is, you know, selling online classes. I, I, you know, it sounds so, I don't know, salesy to say that. But um, the interesting thing is I get some of the most heartfelt emails after someone buys my class and they get good results versus when people are just on my free mailing list and they're just like, oh, Shri, thanks for so much for the great content. And they'll just reply versus when someone pays me like $100 for, you know, whatever my classes, they'll be like, Shri, this was Boom, I learned this. Boom, I learned this. Boom, I learned. They'll like go so detailed and be like, one guy literally, he's like, God bless you, Shree. I'm like, yo, what is going on here? Is this the same guy that came to the Manhattan Toastmasters? You know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what's going that's on. Crazy, man. But it's like, it's crazy, man. You know, so I think, you know, that's where I, that 10X rule, man. For any creatives out there that are, uh, you know, kind of hesitant to charge someone for whatever you do, just read the 10X rule. It'll get you so juiced up. Really changed my life. Before we, we close out the show, I, I'm looking at the time. I know we're going on an hour. I told you, man, this is casual conversation. I went by really, really quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm having fun with this, man. I want to know, tell us a little bit about the podcast because you also have a podcast called Mobile DJ's Tips, guys, and you guys can download that on iTunes, uh, wherever else you can download a, a podcast, I'm sure. How has the podcast helped leverage your brand in the DJ community, and, and how do you feel about podcasting in general? What has it done? What are the benefits mm. of podcast? So I think that there's many benefits. Um, you know, just to kind of sum up my diamond triangle, though, one of the bottom the bottom thing was... Uh, about, sorry about that. I interrupted you. No, no, no. No worries. Well, actually, it's, <laughs> it's going to tie in perfectly. Okay. The, the, bottom, the bottom of the triangle, uh, the diamond, excuse me, you know, the top was health, the right side was value, the bottom is experience, and the left side is relationships. And podcasting, you know, I always say experience is learning. So that's, um, you know traveling the world or reading a book or interviewing somebody that you want to, you know, learn from. Like, you know, I'm actually learning from you as well, right? When I go on these guest interviews, it's mutual. It's an experience for me because I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, take a step outside of my regular day to day and learn something as well. So it's an experience, but also on the left side of the diamond triangle is building a new relationship or fostering an existing relationship. So whatever that is. So that's what I try to do daily. And that's why podcasting, you know, you mentioned what is podcasting for me? It fits a lot of my criteria because it's great for building new relationships, giving me new knowledge experience. Uh, you know, it also can make you money. You know, content creation, you know, your, uh, your episode on content creation was on point. I think you hit all of the angles of content creation is, um, yeah, 100%, man. I mean, 
you know, people need to understand this because I feel like once you get the ball rolling, then a lot of these things come to you. Like, wow, content is actually the game changer. But a lot of people just need to, get the game, you know, get the ball rolling. But uh, podcasting, I think that, you know, in terms of the brand, it's great because, you know, you get to meet new people, grow your network. And then for people, it's a really convenient medium, right? Because they're driving somewhere, they're going to, let's say, go DJ somewhere or, um, you know, going to an event, going to a meeting, going wherever, driving to work. They can just listen to us and just, you know, it's casual for us. But, you know, I hate to say that we're thinking on a different level, but we kind of are, right? We're just always constantly with an influx of information. We're always reading. You're always interviewing people. We are thinking at a different level because we're always connecting with people right. who are just, you know, really amped up all the time. So they can take a lot from that, right? And, you know, Ty Lopez said this, right? It's 33, 33, 33 mentor people like you know you should have 33 percent of people that look up to you 33 percent are your peers and 33 percent of are, are your role models in life so 33 33 33 so podcasting is just amazing man it, it gives me a medium to connect with people gives me some great content to sell, send to my mailing list uh every single tuesday we do a podcast on itunes and um yeah man it's just great you know you give some free content to the people and this way you can foster a mailing list that way they're getting great content they're getting great value and then some of them end up saying you know what I wonder what he's doing on the premium side of things. If I actually paid him, what is he going to do for me? And of course, that's where they venture into the paid products. So, um, you know, that that's just podcasting is just amazing, man. I love podcasting. I mean, of course, you can. I should ask you that question. I mean, why do you love podcasting? Because you're in this much deeper than I am. You're in, you know, you're in episode 80s. I'm in. I'm just starting like 51. I was going to ask you <laughs> how many episodes you have in there. Well, you're not too off. You're not too far off. You're you're, you're right there. With 30. Me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> 30. That's I, no I, humble thing, man. That's well, 30 no, weeks. That's well, 30 I, weeks. Yeah, man. Well, you know, I read somewhere. That I think the lifespan of a podcaster, like the, the when people quit, actually, I, I think at the seventh or sixth episode, I read that somewhere. So we, we we're, we're past that, man. We're past that. We're we're, we're I mean, in the game. I, you've been doing it thirty weeks more than me. I mean, I give you more credit for that, man, because I'm still I'm getting into that phase. You know, I hit the the downfalls, and I'm like, man, I don't really want to do this anymore. It's kind of getting to be uh, some hard work, but um. You know, the motivation, the drive, you know, meeting, you know, cool people like you just keeps me going every time. But I mean, what got you into podcasting? Why did you start a podcast? If you don't mind me asking, it was- I'm curious, curiosity, plain and simple. I'm, I'm a curious cat. I love connecting relationships. These conversations, brother, like light me up. I can have a shitty day for lack of a better word and really and, and have this conversation with you. And I'm like, yes, it reminds me and connects me to my to my center, to my core. This is where I'm like, okay, this is, this is what I do. This is the reason why I do what I do. Uh, these relationships, I love hearing the stories and just, again, having the opportunity, man, to, to be able to have other people listen to this and say, Hey, listen, I, you know, I love getting the emails from people saying, I, you inspired me. That episode you did with, with Aaron Walker, that episode you did 68, uh, really got me, you know, going and I started a business and people that, that you think are not listening actually have, you know, come back and like, Hey, that episode was pretty dumb. Like, wait, you listen to this yeah. episode. <laughs> I, I've, I've actually had an incident like that, man, where I was at the bar and this bartender out of nowhere go, Hey, do I listen to your podcast? Man, you got me started uh, on, on my po- on my uh, business. I'm like, what? The connection, <laughs> the relationships, um, curious. It's a great opportunity to learn, to absorb all this knowledge and all the above, man. I mean, just podcasting is, is just an amazing platform for anybody who's trying to uh, build a brand or a business and somebody who just wants to build and, and develop relationships with like-minded people, which is the reason why I wanted to ask you, see how, how podcasting has changed, you know, your world and, 
and how you leverage that for the community. Cause now you're at the, you're in the center, brother. I mean, you've been kind of like the connector. I mean, you've spoken to, I don't know how, a lot of DJs and now you're the dude who's connecting and building and bringing this knowledge onto other people that are trying to get into the DJ community. I mean, how, how cool is that, man? I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, you're doing the same exact thing, bro. I mean, you know, if you want me to just, you know, reciprocate, I mean, 30, you're literally 30 weeks ahead of me. That's, you know, people count podcast numbers, but it's literally, you do a weekly show. Yeah. So people don't realize that that's actually time in your life. I only realize that now because I'm doing it every week and I'm like, damn, I've been doing this for 50 weeks. You've been doing it for 80 weeks, 82 yeah. weeks, 83 weeks. Yeah. You know, that's time in your life. And that's yeah. just, it shows your dedication, man, dedication, commitment. You know, you're always talking about different topics and you're doing a solo show, you're doing interviews. I mean, you're, you know, the people you've had on, you know, on your podcast is no small feat. You've had some really big names on your podcast as well. So, you know, if you're teaching podcasting or consulting on podcasting, man, I don't know any audience members that want to start a podcast, definitely get in touch with Ozil, man. Ozil, I got to take some tips for you on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Too kind, brother. I receive it, man. I really do. I really do appreciate the support. And Shri, my man, I'm so glad that we, we made this happen. You're speaking. You have this DJ, you know, mobile tips and everything that you do, man. And the course, how to mix, by the way, guys, how to mix.com. So anybody actually who's had an MC, sorry, had an MC, had an MC. Yeah. Okay. Had an MC, had an MC. <laughs> now, um, and that's where you teach people how to build confidence and, and how to speak. Correct. And just kind of how to rock the crowd. Exactly. Man. Everything I've learned from the national speakers association, being a professional member there, being part of Manhattan Toastmasters, being a professional paid, you know, master of ceremonies for private events at clubs, Everything I've learned from doing all of that just compounded into, it's actually a video bundle. So it's a bunch of videos, live examples, just all the best content of how to project your voice, break, you know, stage fright if that's where you're at, you know, get vocal variety. It doesn't matter where you're at on the spectrum. If you want to become a better speaker, I think that class will help you. So how to mc.com. Once again, and also the podcast, mobile DJ tips dot com as well and you can download that on itunes I mean, it's, it's been a pleasure man thank you for having me i mean you know you're having me on a show but it's interesting i'm a i'm a listener as well you know i think i mentioned you had uh, some of my mutual friends on the show as well you had a cash shake that's right on the, the on the on the you know so you know, thank you for having me on the show and you know shout out to all the other listeners you know it's it's great when you're part of the community and then you get to be on the show awesome. so that's always cool well thank you for listening brother and, and for your support i really do appreciate that well, folks, that's it. That's a wrap. Um, episode 83 in the can. Uh, you can check out everything that we mentioned in the show notes at thinkozil.com slash 83. Once again, my man, DJ Shree was in the house of mobiledjtips.com and how to MC. Dot com. So, you know, if, for those that are interested in getting into MCing, highly, highly recommend it. I was checking it out before I jumped on this call. He's doing some amazing things. And he's just a cool cat, as you can see and hear. So thanks again, guys, for always listening. I got a couple emails from you uh, showing some love to the show from five-star reviews on iTunes. So thank you. Thank you very much to Rachel and Simon for dropping those five-star reviews on iTunes. Much, much appreciated. Have a great weekend. It's a wrap. I'll see you guys next Thursday with a brand new episode kicking off July, y'all. It's Kimberly. We're almost done right there, y'all. This is like the third quarter, I think fourth quarter. We're right there. So we're almost finishing up 2017. So I'm really excited to kind of kick off July with another brand new episode. So stay tuned. Till next time. Peace and one love.
Thank you for listening to No Permission Needed with Ozil. Want to stay updated with the latest episodes? Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. While you're there, please leave us a kind review and we'll be sure to show you some love on our next episode. Until next time, and as Ozil likes to say, peace and one love.